Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Courtney Robertson and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. A lot has changed since then. I got married and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host Courtney here. I'm going to keep my intro short because my kids are home and they are acting like banshees. Um, Today's guest is a stand-up comedian. It's a dear friend of mine. We have a yummy, heartfelt conversation. She's one of those people I always leave feeling like my cup is full. It's always an equal exchange, which is very hard to come by. And we cover a lot of topics. Her dating two Bachelor producers, her career in stand-up, growing up in Beverly Hills. We talk about the struggles of marriage and motherhood. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Like I said, she's a stand-up comedian, and she is going to be headlining at Flappers in Burbank on November 10th and the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas on December 10th. If you get a chance to see her, you're going to laugh till you pee your pants, I promise. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to After Reality. Today's guest is a Los Angeles native, a comedian. She's a wife and mother. She has appeared on the late night show with Stephen Colbert and performs all over Los Angeles at the Improv, the Comedy Store, the Laugh Factory, and so many more. It's the hilarious Heather Pasternak. It's me. We did it. We're here. Hi, we did it. Hey, cutie. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm obsessed with you. I want to know everything. You've got two babies now. What the heck? Can you believe? And my husband wants another. Holy mackerel. Wow. And you, I know we go way back. Um, Way back, way back. So it's going to be fun to just catch up since I've totally. seen you last. I used to watch uh, Heather do stand up in Los Angeles every chance I got. Aww. And those were the mean, days, the good old days. And uh, we had a mutual friend and I'd, you know, you had gone th- uh, through a couple of relationships. So had I actually yeah. um, help you help me write a, a possible draft for another book. Oh, yeah. You uh, remember the irresistible outline? Yes. 
So we got <laughs> forget. <laughs> she is so funny. She's an incredible writer. Like I said, a comedian. So we have a lot to catch up on today. You're married now and you have a baby. I did it. I trapped got- a man. Look at us. We Look did it. Us. You're in a lot of your single standup was hilarious. And so it was relatable. all about being like baby hungry. And now my standup is like, careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that the thing about life, right? You always just move the totem pole or the totem pole, the goalpost. I mean, Oh, metaphors. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I just, I feel like you and I have always wanted the same things in life. We had, uh, you know, wanted family and somebody to get married to and have babies. And now, yeah. What do you want now? Now I just want to just keep it steady. I just want to maintain the happiness. It's, I'm sure you know, it's like the next thing, right? Your kids are getting sick and then it's the new struggle and the latest mm-hmm. thing. My kids said the F word the other day. It was hilarious. I tried so hard not oh, to that's laugh. really funny. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to maintain happiness. What about you? I think, yeah, I want to practice more contentedness and like not feeling like outward accomplishments define my self-worth, which I think does get easier when you have kids because you don't have as much like room for your ego, you know, like I, I used to really want to be the center of attention in my career. And then now that I have a kid, I'm like, I just want to make money and hang out. Like, I don't need any of that as much. So that's kind of like, I think there's a lot of things. If you take the having children as an opportunity for self-growth, like there's a lot of cool stuff because it forces you to see yourself. And there's some things that having a kid helped me do that. I wish I was the kind of person who was like already doing some of that stuff, but for me, it didn't happen until I have kids. Like sometimes I have these insights where I'm like, is this an insight from becoming a parent? Or is this just like a mid thirties thing that I would have stumbled upon anyway, you know? Well, absolutely. And I feel like you're a person that I've always admired that you're very, uh, you know, you can hone in on your feelings. You have great friends around you. Um, you're Thank very you. in, in tune and mindful, I guess. Emotionally and- intelligent and otherwise pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> Aren't we you are too. I mean, and you did that whole, I mean, you had to do a show or you had to like let everyone into how you were feeling all the time. Oh. What is it like now? Are you just like, I'm never telling anyone how I feel again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I had the hardest time with that. Uh, they're like, you need to be vulnerable and, uh, the producers are so good at getting that out of you. But when I came home back after the show, good question, Heather, I, uh, <laughs> turning the tables on me, I just wanted Sorry. to like be <laughs> super private and, yeah, you know, just that definitely came with that, um, for sure. And, you know, going back to our mutual friends, you've dated now two producers from the show. It's we true. Don't need to, we don't need to name their names if you don't want it's to. Okay. I'm still friends with them. They're, they're great homies. And actually one of them wasn't a producer, like I'm only dated two producers from the show because my first ex was a producer on the show. Then my second ex, I introduced them and they started working together. So it's not like I was strategically making my way through the producer roster, but they actually are closer to each other than I probably am with either of them. I mean, there's like a, there'll always be that connection and good feelings there, but you know, they're two dudes who like have more in common than I do with either of them at this point, you know? Which I think is really cool. And obviously, so Alon, um, I, I've tried to get him on the podcast, but he's trying to get out of the reality space. So oh. I we met through that. And then you were dating Bill and that's yeah. how we connected. And 
Uh, yeah. And then it just so happened that later on, he went on to do that. Um, which I, I know. When's seen- my husband going to start producing The Bachelor? That's the real question. I, well, let's talk about <laughs> your husband. So I want to talk about uh, Dan and yeah. how you met and just have a fun catch up. But I, I wanted to flash back to you grew up until in Los Angeles. I did. Yeah. What was that like? Did you see celebrities? Because you know, up on the wild streets of Beverly Hills. No way. Um, yeah, I did. I went to Beverly Hills High Public School. But you know, the thing about growing up in Beverly Hills is you don't really know it's cool until you like go to college, you go somewhere else and you realize like, oh, not everyone had like a movie about their Girl Scout troop. Like, you know, and the truth is there's always in any, no matter how high up you are or whatever income bracket, there's always people to compare yourself to. Like everyone was always like, did you go to school with celebrities? And it was like, no, the celebrities were a private school. Like my parents were like, they kind of got a house in Beverly Hills, worked really hard to do that. So they could try to send their kids to public school and not have to you know what I mean? So um, it's interesting, but yeah, I guess I didn't know how fortunate I was in a lot of ways until later in life. And then sometimes it almost hindered me because I was like, well, who's going to care what I have to say? I'm just a privileged white girl, you know, but everybody's got their shit. Well, ain't that the truth? And, you know, I I think it's, as you get older, like it's, I don't know, I found myself kind of dumbing down my success or where I came from or Mm. that kind of stuff. I don't know if you you felt that way. I'm Arizona. Arizona? I'm back in Arizona, but I grew up in a pretty nice area. And I went to Arcadia High School. It's a public school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steven Spielberg went there. How lucky are we? See, you had more celebrity sightings than I did. (laughs) So you didn't have any, but I mean. No, I mean, I had some and I grew up definitely like up in the club. Like I was like going to those kind of things when I was like 15 with like my older sister's fake ID. And so I definitely had that big city upbringing where like, I probably did a lot of things too early, but then it was also like, by the time I was legally old enough to be in the clubs, I wasn't like interested in it anymore. So on one hand, it's sort of cool because you don't have that fascination, you know, cause you have so much exposure to those kind of bad things that you sort of get your street smarts a little sooner and a little faster. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. I grew, I moved to LA when I was 19 going on 20 and I started going to the clubs and yeah. I just had a field day. I had a blast, right. but that was like when Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton were there. And right. I, I mean, but for you, that, that probably helped you in many ways as far. I mean, you're doing standup comedian, uh, you're standup comedian. And I wanted to touch on that and like how you got into that. Yeah. Well, I have a joke about it. I would say people always ask me how you got into stand up, and I'm always like, a lot of shit fell through. <laughs> but I think it isn't <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, I think I wanted to be an actress, and then uh, I went to NYU for acting, and then I moved back to LA, and I like couldn't get an agent. It was just another American girl in America, and my friend was like, "You're funny. You should take this class. You'll have like stuff to invite casting directors to." And I didn't realize it like turned me into performer. And as an actor, it's so powerful to be able to create those opportunities for yourself because so much of it, you feel like you're just waiting on someone to give you like a place to do the thing you love. Um, And then you have to like fall in love with auditioning, which is its own nightmare. So it was really cool to get into stand up and just be like, oh, I can get up and not even have to write what's uh, say what someone else wrote, but I could talk about what I care about. Like, oh, this is cool. Um, And then, yeah, it was just like, it just... I never stopped. I got real addicted to it. Uh, Now I teach it. I teach it on Zoom with Jerry Katzman. We do comedy corporate workshops where we teach like performer skills for the corporate world. And so like anything that has to do with joy, I'm after it, you know? (laughs) That's really, really cool, Heather. I I can't imagine getting on stage. I have such a um, stage fright. I don't even, did you have that ever? Or did you have to overcome 
That you know, I envy people who don't need to do it. Or sometimes I have people in my class and they do it as like a bucket list thing. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice for people who are like, yeah, I did it once and I don't need to do it again. I'm like, what must that be like to not have to exploit that part of your personality? You know, like I have some envy for it. I don't, I've, I've definitely had bad shows in the beginning. You got a bomb, you know, once or twice. And then, um, and I still bomb sometimes, but it's like, it's different when you're, you know, over 10 years in, you have like a baseline, but bombing feels different. Like what you just, what you would call a bomb or whatever. But, um, I think that there were the first couple of times where I quote unquote failed or was bummed out. And I would like wake up in sweats and like have a lot of anxiety, but then you learn really fast that the best cure is just get back on stage again and have a better show. And it actually teaches you so much compassion for yourself. Like it was such a cool lesson to go. Like I could go eat shit and feel like I came across wrong and I didn't like anything I said. And I could like go to sleep and wake up and still love myself. Like, even though I made a quote unquote mistake or whatever, like, you know, it takes a willingness to be new at something. So I I think I was able to get over that, but maybe I'm just not remembering how bad it was because it was like a decade ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. You've been after it for a long time and you did star on the late night show with Stephen Colbert, which I I starred on it. No, I had my late night debut there. Hopefully it'll be more late night sets to come. I've been headlining in Vegas at the Jimmy Kimmel comedy club, which is really fun. Um, And I'm trying to sort of focus on venues that are like close to LA. Like I can't, I've been doing the house of comedy in Arizona, which is super fun. I know. I'm so sad. I miss you. I couldn't get a sitter and uh, I saw you were here and I was like, I will be there with bells on. I'm like, I know. Well, I'm trying to get to, I'm sort of wondering targeting these places close to Los Angeles. Cause I'm, I have a fantasy that I'll be able to like convince my husband and baby to come on my road gigs, but I don't know if that's a reality yet, or if it's going to be something I work really hard to do. And then I bring them and they're like, we hate this, you know? So we'll oh, see. <laughs> come on. Hotel life, robe life, right? That'll room be cool. service. That'll be, yes. yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, so, um, what would your dream be? Like what I know we've talked about like personal goals, but like as a comedian and I know you're a writer as well, like what yeah. would the ultimate, would it be like a Netflix special? Like what would the next, um, you know, I have interest in a lot of things. I think being able to sell a television series based on like my exaggerated comedic persona or some of my like life stories that I, you know, mine for comedy that I think maybe like could help other people. I have a lot of, I have an interesting tumultuous relationship with my sister. So I'm working on something about that, but you know, I think that in any career, it's always like, you're just hoping for new problems, bigger, better problems. As we say, like every job I've ever had, I'm like, cool. I can't wait to hate this. Like, not really, but you know what I mean? Like everything comes with its price. I remember when I did the late show with Stephen Colbert, I was so excited to be there. And right before I was like going on stage, I had like so such bad anxiety. I had the runs and I had this moment where I was like, is this what I really want? Like, just like genuinely checking in with myself and being like, maybe I don't want this. And then it was like, I did my set and it was like a roller coaster. Like I was like, I want to go again. Like, let's go, you know, but like you really ride the waves. So I don't know. I guess that was kind of a vague answer. I feel like Oprah would tell me I need to be more specific about what my next goal is, but just riding the wave. I have a lot of interests, you know? Well, absolutely. I mean, and it's also like things just come to you as well. And, you know, that's true. It's hard to believe that, you know, the things that are meant for you won't be hard one, right. That they just like find their way to you. Absolutely. And you're working at it 
constantly. And so like just something will present itself. And if you ask me that, I would be like stumped too. I mean, that's one thing I love about the podcast space is it's just like a open conversation. And yeah, I am asking you that. What is it? Tell me what's next for you. I know. Um, you know, I just like financial freedom. I will say Uh my happiest, most confident self when I have financial freedom and, I'm, you know, it's, we got bills to pay. Both my kids go to preschool. It allows me the opportunity to do this, the real estate market. I still do that full time. But Uh um, for me, like I get a lot of passion and joy out of being creative and, you know, this is a creative space for me and I love learning new skill sets. I want to learn photography and I just want to keep trying on different hats. Yeah. All right. Well, you come take a stand-up class when you're ready. (laughs) uh, Talk about diarrhea. I would literally poop my pants on stage. I would like, I mean, you killed it. I lived in LA and I I went to the groundlings because a lot of my friends went through the groundlings. Mm -hmm which I, I loved going to, I love watching it, but, and also you hackle the audience a little bit. Everybody go check out Heather's stand up on her Instagram. And well, that's YouTube. what everyone's doing. Now we post our crowd work clips. Cause we don't, then we're not quote unquote burning material as they say. Oh, right. Because you don't want to just give it all away. You well, want people to sometimes come out. if someone's looking at you for a late night set or something, they're going to be hesitant to book you. If people can already find all your best jokes online, you got to like save a little something. So Oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about that. People and there's have all- a lot of different theories about it, but that's why you see so many people on this crowd work trend because they have nothing to worry about. If they post a crowd work clip, that's not going to ever end up being, um, in a special or on a late night set. And those are places where you, they do want you to sign exclusivity often, meaning wow. that joke can only live there. That's interesting. So would a goal for you to be like a Netflix special or uh, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I-, I wouldn't be mad at a Netflix special. The cool thing about a Netflix special is the visibility. To be honest, like my goal in my heart of hearts is like, and I think this every time I go on stage is like, if I can just make one person feel less alone today. So like any way that you reach that, you know what I mean? I'm not such a snob these days about it being like, it's gotta be Netflix or it's right. gotta be TikTok or it's gotta be this. I'm just like, even now when I have a joke that goes viral on TikTok, like I know people say like, oh, who cares about followers or who cares about views? But when I'm looking at it, I'm like, 1 million people smiled at this or whatever, you know, like that, that does excite me. So I think, um, putting out specials is always just like a continuing goal. And it's like, it helps you write better stand up when you think that there's some sort of deadline, even if it's self-imposed. So a lot of comics are always working on their next special and always have a taping on the horizon or some big show because it helps put a fire under your ass. Wow. Which I sometimes need because I can get a little lackadaisical and just in general, we all right. And, uh, so what is your creative process? Do you just write jokes constantly? You I'm know, to be honest, I, I will, when things, funny things occur to me or ideas come up, I'll make little notes in my phone app. And then when I sit down to actually write, sometimes I ask myself, what's the thing I don't want to talk about, or what's the thing I don't want to admit? Because I, my favorite kind of stand up is where it feels a little bit like a secret. It's like something juicy that we're all thinking about. And also something that I haven't figured out yet. Like, I feel like stand up tends to get preachy when you're like, this is what I've learned. And these are the truth, you know, and I personally love stuff more where it's like, Hey, has anyone else experienced this? Like I'm working through this. And why is it like this? Could it be like this? Or could it be like that? And should we be doing this? Or should we be doing that? Like, you know, I like stand up to be, you know, they say the best stand up is a conversation. So it's most interesting for me when I'm talking about things that I'm currently working through, but that sometimes isn't pretty or well received when I'm like working on it, you know, but it's fun. 
Well, hell, I think being it's super relatable having diarrhea before a big event. And I would love for <laughs> right? you to talk about that. I mean, potty humor. I wish that was a joke. I um. love a good colon <laughs> cleanse. I have that before something big going on. I mean, that is super relatable. And I love uh, Ellen DeGeneres. I used to watch her do stand up. And I mean, she would have bits about just like the most relatable things. And and now, you know, you went from talking about your single life and wanting to get married to being married and having yeah. a baby. Your son just turned, what, two? He's two and a half. Yeah. He's two and a half. I love your about post. You? Oh, oh, thanks. You're, it was like, he deserved a spot on the grid. We've been together yeah. for two and two a half, and half years. years. After I posted that, I was like, oh, I didn't count in the womb though. You know, <laughs> everyone's doing their own timeline. <laughs> Those attention spans. I wouldn't have True. done the math. I didn't want anybody to have to do math. Yeah. Yeah. No math for me. My, my son's three and my daughter's about wow. to turn two. And oh my God, I don't know how you are awake right now. I don't know how you're sitting up. I'm having iced coffee. Happy. <laughs> I'm having iced coffee. Yeah, wow. I do. It's a it's a lot. You know, I definitely experience burnout. I have mom guilt. I have mom brain. But uh, like I said, my son said the F word the other day. Yeah. Uh, but like, what's I really... one thing that's going well parenting wise? What's like a win you've had recently? This is a question my mom friend asked me that I thought was really great. Oh, that is so good. So my husband just got back. He went out of town for three nights. Um, and oh, wow. She was Boston. in it. In it. Yeah. And I had, I don't really have my child's care dialed in. So I was like, I'm going to be a hero. Why are you freaking masochist? What's your well, deal? I just, I have my mother-in-law, but she okay. was, she couldn't really help out. Cause she also takes care of his brother's uh, okay. daughter on the weekend, boring details. So from no, like thurs Thursday night to last night, actually, I was just with them. And that was challenging for sure. Yeah. But it also felt like a win. I took him to target, Totally. but the days are so long. And, yeah. but for me, I had to challenge myself and with motherhood, I feel that way. Like, and you know, you touched on anxiety. I have definitely dealt with a lot of anxiety. So much. Well, becoming a parent, I think that's something I didn't realize about being a mom that it was like, Oh, you're going to put on this sweater of anxiety. And then you never take it off for the rest of your life. Like, I don't think I understood that you know, when I was childless, I felt such an invincibility. Like I felt like, yeah, I could die today, but I've lived a good life. Like, you know, and now that I have kids, I'm like, I can't die. They can't die. No one can die. Nothing bad can happen. Like, you know, you just are so much more vulnerable. The mortality, especially. Yeah. I, I mean, perfect example. When I first had my son, I was, I would take him outside and be in the yard, the blanket. And then I had like anxiety, um, pretty bad with postpartum anxiety with both my kids, but I had to run in and get my sunglasses and I was inside and I was like, Oh my God, what if a coyote oh, yeah. jumps over the oh, fence yeah. and like snatches him? I've never seen a coyote in her backyard. Mom brains are so wild, but you know what? It, it does serve a purpose, but sometimes I'm like, what about those kids that grow up with single dads who like don't have mom brain? Like they don't seem to be eaten by coyotes. So like, <laughs> is this helpful or isn't it? Like, it's always such a, but I have such crazy, crazy thoughts. And share me some of yours. Cause that's super relatable. And I have a million. All right. This is really dark as fuck. And it's like, I need to write it into like an NCIS episode intro. Cause it feels like it would be in one, but it, I used to have this fear when I first had my baby, you know, when you bathe them in the sink in the kitchen, yes. So when they're really, really new, one time my husband wasn't home and I was like going to give the baby a bath in the sink. And I had this thing of like, 
I'm going to put the baby in the sink. I'm going to be filling up the bath and I'm going to trip and I'm going to hit my head and I'm going to like be unconscious on the floor and the water's not going to stop and the baby's going to drown. Like, and it's so fucking dark and specific and unlikely, but you know, your brain goes those places. And then as a mom, you go, okay, so I'm going to fill it first. I'm not going to fill it with the baby in there. Like, and it does actually help you do things smarter and you think a lot more preventatively. So I think instinctually it serves a purpose, but it always feels like the degree to which, you know, even when I was pregnant, I remember I would go on hikes to stay active. And I had, um, I started to feel more vulnerable, the more pregnant I got that I was like, just certain I was going to meet a mountain lion on the hike. You know what I mean? Like it, even these like really well trodden, like populated, like it wasn't <laughs> like I was like in the wilderness. I'm like, I'm running in Canyon with like, you know, yeah. celebrities high-fiving me. And I'm just like, I pretty sure I'm going to be eaten right now. Like, you know, it's just so out of proportion. It is. And I experienced that. I a hundred percent get that, uh, the sink one, but for me, it's like bath time. And I still have that, like my husband's not home and I'm doing baths. I like to give them both baths at the same time. Yeah. Two birds, one get them in there. Yeah. Also, know, sometimes it's... I feel like they can like, now that my son's two and a half, I can leave him in the tub with the door open and do other things. And he'll like play with his toys and it doesn't feel I'll run scary. And get like a diaper and I'm like, sound off, but like, I'll be right back. But I've had this fear of like, you know, when you're down there washing and you stand up and you kind of get that. I'm like, what Head if rush? I just, well, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what if I passed out? And, yeah. you know, I mean, you just totally. Have, uh, and my sister has four kids. And so I see wow. how she deals with it. And it's like, you just feel like you're heart is like outside of your body. And yeah, you hear that a lot. Do you Ugh. get chiller with that second baby? Do you feel slightly yes. like, yeah. Cause I feel like it was hard for me to get childcare for my first kid. I didn't want to leave my first kid with anyone until about a year and a half. And I feel like if I had a second, it would maybe be easier now, but I don't know. And I think it is. And I always joke, like, <laughs> you know, with your first, it's like, we have the sound machine. I'm doing lavender oil at night. Uh-huh. And it's like yeah. this whole song and dance, which doesn't really matter. We did sleep coaching and sleep training uh-huh. and he's crawling into our bed every morning, which I oh, also really? love. Cause I'm like, really like come cute. in and smooch on me. And those moments I will say are just like, oh, so they're fulfilling. so delicious. They're so yeah. delicious. And you hang on to those, like even in the, when you're in the trenches or you're having burnout, or you, maybe you start to cry because you're having a tough day. Like, yeah, you, ha- you have to hold on to those. And then totally. the they'll look at you. And once they start talking, my son is just like, the other day he looked at me, he said, are you angry mom? And cause my husband was gone and I was like, okay. no, I'm okay. Like, but they start to pick up on that too. Totally. So, I mean, there's so much, uh, joy in it, but my, with my second, I always joke and say like, we could have just thrown her in a cardboard box right. when we got home. Well, like everything nice is generation... like so much more relaxing the second mm-hmm. time around. I feel like our generation too, we're more honest with our kids than our parents were with us. Like, I think that our first instinct is to say like, no, I'm not mad. But then you like take a beat and you like, I feel like we, w- I would say something to my son, like you know, mommy's just a little frustrated because she's doing everything all by herself and I have to make dinner. So you need to like play by yourself for a minute. You know, these things that I feel like I grew up and my mom said a lot of, um, do as I say, not as I do. was like a big motto in our house. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it doesn't really work because the one thing kids do the best is like imitate, you know? Absolutely. It's interesting to sort of be like, okay, maybe it's okay to like apologize to your kid or be like, well, I was frustrated and I could have done that better. You know, like it's such a liberating thing, but it does feel like it's not my first instinct based on like the way I was raised. A hundred percent. And I remember saying to him, like, you know, like I need, I'll say to him, like, I need space. Cause they, when he's gone, oh, they both you. want me. And right. you know, it is so true what they say. Like your kids are better with other people 
They are like 100% themselves on their worst behavior with just me. So, and my husband's off having a good time. And I'm like, he's like, how's it going? I hope they're being angels. And I I didn't Mm want to spoil his time. I want to be like, they're on their worst behavior. Like I want to rip my hair out, but um, you just get through it. And now there's a, do you ever watch the show? um, Big mouth? No, it's a really funny animated series. And there's this character on there. Her name's Jessie and she's voiced by this um, writer. I'm going to find the name of this book. Yes. So um, this writer is based on Jesse Klein and she's so funny. She has a book on motherhood called I'll show myself out. It's essays on oh, midlife and motherhood. I love and, that. Name. Um, she had a really great one of them got featured. I think it was in the New York times, but I love the book so much. I found it really helpful read and, and it's got some dark comedic moments. Cause she's like definitely a comedy person, but um, one of the chapters was, I think if I'm not butchering it called change of hands. And it was just about how sometimes, you know, as parents, we're so possessive. Like I know my husband is, if, if he's trying to put do bedtime and the kid's crying and I come in, he feels undermined, you know, it's like, it's not like, it's not all just I'm helping. It's like, well, now you're just saying that I can't do it or this and that or whatever. But like, anyway, in this chapter, long story long, she was trying really hard to, to comfort her kid and she couldn't. And the babysitter comes in and does it in a second and how like defeated that can make you. And the babysitter said something to her like, well, maybe it was just a change of hands. Like, and I just thought that was such a nice sentiment of like, sometimes it's literally just like, it could be my husband and I come in or it could be me and he comes in or it could be the babysitter. And I can like, sometimes just someone new can make all the difference. And it's like so hard not to take those things personally in the moment. Oh, absolutely. Are we a helicopter? Sometimes I'm like, you're helicoptering. <laughs> oh, just, really? Or me, him. Like, like, yeah. you said, like you going in, like, I'm like, I just want to swoop in. Like, I'm yeah. gonna, that's a totally. really good perspective though. And a way to look at it. And I think it's yeah. parenthood is constantly shifting your perspective and you can't take anything personally. And- it's such a strain on uh, my marriage personally. Like I'm sure it is for a lot of people too, but I'm like, I like people are a lot of my friends that have kids and I'm like I don't know if we could take it like you know it's it's already been like really challenging and we're still finding our way back to like how do we prioritize each other now that we have like this other person that we both care more about than the other person and it's like and also like I don't know being parents it's like you feel like you're running a business like small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't know. I was like, I wanted to write a joke about this, about how I'm like, I'm, I wouldn't want to cheat on my husband ever, but like, sometimes I fantasize about what it would be like to fuck someone I didn't share a Google calendar with, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I do know what you mean. I loved your joke when you were single and you were talking about like, you know, and before you get into a relationship, like even just your sex life, you, you could like objectify somebody. Totally. And then you, when you love somebody, it's so different, right? Oh my God, an oldie but goodie. I got to bring that joke back. That's a, I think, and how could you bring that into marriage? Because it's right. so true. I love my husband so much. And I, we, I wanted to ask you about keeping it spicy and, and yeah. your marriage, especially having a kid. And because it, now we have two and it's definitely, you know, we try to do like a staycation here or there, but it's uh-huh. hard to like, when your cup is empty, yeah like I mean how are we gonna keep it spicy here in our marriage where we have treated sex like working out and we both work from home so we have more flexibility of practicing but you know there have been times where like we're gonna fuck every day at noon whether we want to or not like just like it's like you're doing your 10 abs like it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have to be good no like you know it doesn't nobody even has to finish but we have to try um that's interesting that can like reinvigorate it I think like when relationships are long enough those are the ways in which you can experiment you know and there's some times where that feels really fun for us to treat it like a sport and not worry about the romancing each other part because that tends to be like so hard and then there are other times I saw this thing actually on TikTok where we all get all of our great therapy advice now but (laughs) it was like this therapist woman and she said that her and her husband every night they just like touch tongues like it doesn't have to be like a whole makeout or something, but what that does is it invigorates physical affection. Cause when you're married, you tend to get to the point where if you kiss, it means you're going to have sex. Um, and then you stop kissing cause you're not sure that you want to commit to the whole sex endeavor. So you end up being less affectionate because you don't, you're not ready to initiate the whole thing. So this way you normalize physical affection without it always having to lead to sex. So that was something that we did for a while. And like, I think you're like, we're going to touch tongues tonight. Like, yeah. And then there are other times we've gone through periods where like, you know, it sounds good. I'm like, we had sex every day at noon, but then like, there'll be two months where I'm traveling and he's traveling. And it feels like, you know, we haven't been able to connect as much physically and, and that kind of thing. And I also think like, how much you're masturbating makes a big difference. Like, do you save that for your partner or, you know, so I don't think we do any one thing all the time. I think we try different things and I think different things, like some people would be like, oh my God, sex every day at noon. That sounds really suffocating and painful. That's not where we're at, you know? And other people would be like, oh, okay. Like I can touch tongues. Like that's great. Or they'd be like, oh, that's gross. Like, you know, I think you've got to do what feels like it's the right thing and you got to switch up, you know, you just got to always take the temperature. Like, but I will say our relationship is so much better when we're having good sex and the things that I feel resentful about, or, you know, my therapist says I do black and white thinking where like something is bad. And I'm like, it's done. It's over. You know, I could be nine months pregnant and I'm like, this just can't work. And then like, we have good sex and I'm like, those are just little things. We'll work (laughs) through them. You know what I mean? So I think it helps. It greases the wheels, so to speak. I find that I'm just generally, and and in my life outside of my husband, I feel more relaxed and better when I have that, like that part taken care of. Oh, same. I I just, I think that's one of my love languages, you know, and I know it's like so cliche and everybody talks about it, but like, I feel like when we've been out of step in that department, I feel 
less connected. Of course. And so then I'm like, we need to, you know, yeah, and like with the kids, purpose. we do How this. How do you do it with two? two? I can't imagine. We do this bath time routine. I mean, not every night, but for the most part, we like to keep our kids in a routine. I feel like it's really helped us. Um, mm-hmm. and they sleep better at night, but I've been like, I'm so tired. Like I know I'm going to yeah. fall asleep early. So totally. we, we like are just very open about it. I'm like, we have a window, like, or I'll uh-huh. text them, like literally like it's mm. like the kids are situated. We'll get them food. We'll get them like yeah. sex question yeah. mark. And you know, I'll, I'm like, I'm naked in bed, like, come on in. Like, and right. so, I mean, we, we are fortunate that we've definitely make the time for that. But like, That's if we great. go do like a staycation, I'm like, let's get weird. Like, yeah. you know, like talk about like objectifying somebody. Like it's so different when you're dating and you're single to like, having all these wild experiences and then like you're like you're the father of my children like right but like I recently was like looking up stuff we're coming up on our third year wedding anniversary and I think I'm gonna go like buy like thank you I'm gonna buy like a some stuff to freak him out but I think he's gonna be like whoa like you just go from like just trying to be consistent and and to connect that way to being like let's spice it up a little bit I mean I think the best advice is to like surprise yourself too you know and like try things and like let it be bad the same thing we were talking about in the beginning of like being new at something like you know what I mean like I think that the best sex I have is with my husband, but not every time you have sex is the best sex. Like there are definitely times and it's nice to be comfortable enough with someone to be like, Hey, I'm really disconnected right now. Or I'm thinking about this other thing, or I don't know if I'll ever come again, but like, this was fun (laughs) to try, you know, um, and just feel like the end all be all. Oh, absolutely. I think that will be helpful to a lot of people. And it's something that I think that we need to talk about more for sure. We're all sexual. I think that there are ups and downs in marriage, but I think people are really uncomfortable to talk about the downs when they're in the downs because you don't know if you're going to get back up again. And so it's scary to open up about that, but we should normalize it more because it's a common misconception that you get married and then you're done when truly it's like any other relationship. You still wake up every day and you just goes, this shit going to work. But but the stakes are higher. So like, I never get cocky, but I'm also not afraid to be single, which I think is part of. Oh, I have a friend who says works. the same thing too. Cause you have that confidence, right? Like, yeah. Like this- I'm not afraid to get back in the single pool. My husband knows I'm like, don't fuck this up. You know, like <laughs> I'll, I like swimming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause you've been there. I've been there. I had a blast doing it, but I also, um, you know, like with him being gone, like I had a moment this weekend, like, this is what it would be like to be a single. Oh yeah. Parent. And there are some low lows. I mean, I, I, I don't know how single parents do it. That's like a whole nother level. I find it so commendable, but then you, you know, if you're divorced and you have some help, you get the, you get the weekends off. (laughs) I've heard that. I actually have a friend who is a single dad and he's like, it's actually pretty great. He went through divorce and he's like, I get my weekends off and then like I recharge and yeah, I mean, whatever works best. You just want people to be happy. And I I wanted to ask you because I've seen you in other relationships, but flashing back. How did you meet Dan? I wanted, I, oh, I, I had already kind moved. Of a funny story. I met it is a very LA m- meeting. I met him at an audition and then again at a farmer's market. Wow. But the craziest that's thing, Yeah. The craziest thing about our story. I mean, we live five minutes away from each other. When we finally got together, we realized we'd gone to the same college and we had all these mutual friends, but we never met when we were in college and he was a year older than me. And we were talking about this one girl we both knew. I think he had dated her and she was a friend of mine. And I was like, Oh yeah, Genevieve, like my, I got my two cats from her dad's backyard. And he was like, wait, I got my cat from her backyard. And we realized we had adopted sibling cats eight years prior to meeting each other. So we say we were like parent trapped by our cats. (laughs) Um, And then in a poetic turn event event. So I had a boy cat and a girl cat. 
um, he had a girl cat and the boy cat was like my boyfriend. He was like, it was romantic. Like every breakup I went through, like he would like drool in my mouth and like put his arms around my That's neck like at my night. Cat. Like, yeah. He found but me I- when I was like pretty down and down in love. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been through some shit with him. So, um, then when Dan and I moved in together, we got all the cats together and it was like within two weeks of all living in the same place, my boy cat boss died in the driveway. No, and it was really happened? sad. He got hit by a car, but it also felt kind of poetic. Like it kind of felt like he was like, okay, you met your husband. Like I can go now. You know what I mean? Like, oh. or maybe that's just what I tell myself to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, so now we have the two girl cats and we always say, we know that they're real sisters because they hate each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What about you? How'd you meet your hubs? Um, I slid into his DMs. Ooh. Yeah. yeah on and never left. Yeah. Never left. We went out a couple of days later and I, I, you know, seen him like a couple of my photos. He'd been liking my photos for like two years. Wow. And I, I, look, he, I finally. Was he I was, not a first move kind of guy or what? No. He wasn't he, a DMs man? He said I would have never DM'd you. He's like, I just See, knew that's you the show. And if I know. He's like he's, a nice guy and he wouldn't slide into your DMs. You're like, that one. I'll marry that one. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's hot. He lives in Phoenix. Like normal Instagram. Like nothing douchey. Yeah. And, and then um, I was like, God, I, he just looks so familiar. I was like, where have we met before? And uh, he did say like, if I, I knew if I saw you out, like even if you were on a date, like I would have came up to you or I would have sent a drink over Aww. to you. But now um, we'll never know. Yeah. And then we just got jumped booted. in there. Yeah. I, was yeah. Like, oh. I honestly was pretty. And down, you guys, but... so only three years and you already have two kids. So you guys, were you dating long before you got married? So we've been married for coming up on three years this month. And then we were together for about a year. So we met in April. He moved in in July. We just lit it up. Wow. And then I got pregnant in October, which we had talked about. Yeah. We didn't care. That's what, what happens when order. you meet someone in your thirties, you know, like I always say to my husband, I'm like, I wish we met 10 years ago, but we like, wouldn't have been ready, you know, but you don't oh, get as much time to like fuck around. We said the same thing and he did. He had his fun. I had my fun together, you know, like the oh, travel yeah. and the childless, like, you know, I wish yeah. we had had more of that. Although we probably would have broken up and got back together a hundred times. <laughs> Advice for singles. So you guys, I yeah. Mean, that's well, so that's one other thing too. I want to say is um like I know it's easy for me to be like sometimes I talk on this thing of like I'm not afraid to be single but like last night my girlfriend came over and she's going through a breakup she's single and I was like I love my husband so much like you know all it takes is like one friend to go through a breakup near you and you remember how bad it was so like I know how shitty it is but I will say right before I met my husband I had a girlfriend and I was so baby hungry and I was so husband hungry for so long and I had a girlfriend say something to me and she was like well, maybe it's just not out there for you. Like, what if it's just not out there, which sounds mean, but it was like actually super liberating. Like as soon as I was like, I sat with it, I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe it's not out there for me. What if it isn't out there for me? Like, okay, how can I just have as much fucking fun as possible if that's not out there for me? It was like, as soon as I switched that mindset, I started dating like an older man who like already had kids and didn't want any, but like we had fun for a couple months and he like treated me so well. And oh, like, I loved your stand up about him. <laughs> yes. And so it was like, as soon as I, and then it almost was like the next guy I met after him, you know, maybe one or two guys was Dan was my husband. And it was like, as soon as I was putting that energy out of like, yeah, maybe it's not my path. Maybe that won't be in the cards for me. It found me. And I think that that's a really like counterintuitive part of the law of attraction. Like it's so hard in life because it's like, want the thing, work hard for the thing. Don't want it too much. You can't need it, but you got to have it. You got to be willing to sacrifice, but you can't have to have it. Like, you know, and I feel like I've mastered that in love and I could be working on that a little more in my career, which my having a kid has helped me like, because things feel less important and then they find you. Yeah. 
So it's like, I think just if there's any little corner of your subconscious where there's this lingering feeling that you need that other person, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many ways now to have kids and like, just be open-minded. Maybe you'll find like a gay bestie dude who wants to have a kid with you, or maybe you'll like adopt a troubled teen and you could be like a young, hot grandma. Like, you know what I mean? Just staying open to like not knowing what the picture looks like. But if you just commit to having as much fun as possible, I think that's what really attracts the right person. I was just going to say, Heather, you attracted, you know, as soon as you let that piece go, which I did with my husband as well. I literally told a friend a week before I met him, I think I'm losing hope. And I started crying. (laughs) I was like, I really think I'm losing hope. And and it's not that I didn't date great people, but there wasn't a level of excitement. It was like, it was this feeling of like, I can't, I dated some great guys, but I was like, I can't see myself. It's not clicking. It's not clicking. And why? Like, they're so great. And then you look at yourself like, what's wrong with me? Like, and I had people tell me stuff like much like you, like I had somebody, a lot of people say like, I think you're just being too picky. And Mm. it's like, no, I, I always tell my single friends, you have to stay true to your personal preferences. I think it's really hard to like what I found really challenging is before I met my husband, I thought every guy was the guy because they were the guy that I had the best connection with up into that point. Right. So it was hard for me to hold out for something I'd never experienced. Although now that I've experienced it, I'm like, oh, this feels like different and more connected, but it's really cool that you had that instinct to hold out because I feel like it wasn't necessarily settling, but I was like, oh, I think this is as connected as you can be to someone because I don't have an experience of anything larger than that. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I do. And there was a one time I almost settled and you actually met him and he turned out to be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just so glad like I went through that negative experience because like I so like kind of what you're saying about your girlfriend, like even when I might, I have, mo- it's not always perfect, but I have moments not, where yeah. I can flash back to those relationships and be like, my husband respects me. Like he would mm-hmm. never, it, it, I guess my the sh- sh- uh, short answer is like, I just respect him so much. And yeah, I really like try to treat him like gold, but I definitely get a little frustrated. <laughs> I think the communication thing too. I tell my friends who are single, don't look for the guy who reads your mind. It's like every girl's like, well, he didn't pay for the first date or he didn't buy right. me a birthday present or whatever. And it's like, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. But I think that what's more important than finding the guy who already knows exactly what you want is if you can communicate what you want. And then he tries to meet those needs. Like most men, and right. this is obviously in hetero relationships we're talking about, but it could be across the board, but like most people want to please other people. So if you can say, Hey, you know, I find it really attractive to be provided for. Like when we go out to dinner, do you have the, like, are you cool enough with your finances to pick up the check? Cause that's like really sexy to me. Yeah. And then you give that person a chance to like rise to the occasion or whatever the thing is, or like, Hey, can you, you know, I, this is so stupid, but I still fight with my husband about this. If he makes himself a snack and he doesn't ask if I'm hungry, Mm -hmm. like I will lose my fucking mind. And the funniest part is I'm never hungry, but I want to be invited so bad, (laughs) um, which is just my shit or whatever. But like, it's probably because when you do it, you probably ask him. I do. Um, but yeah, just those little things of like being with someone who wants to try to make you happy, even if they don't know off the bat, like me and my husband, we had a do over, like he wasn't being like very assertive when we first met and like, he tried to kiss me and it like didn't happen. And then he was like, I want to kiss you. And I just had this come to Jesus moment with him where I was like, I gotta be honest. Like, I think you're hot. We have a great time, but I don't feel like you're really assertive and it worries me. And he was like, he was so sweet. He was like, you know, um, I got to be honest, like, I don't know why there's something about you that like intimidates me a little, but like, let's have a do over. Like I can do this. And it was like, 
from that moment on, we were just like thick as thieves, you know, but it was like so much more important to me to be with someone who could hear me when I was asking for something than to be with someone. I think we think we're supposed to be looking for someone who just knows what we want. And I don't think that really exists. I Heather, I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of people. I, I really I so. do. That's I like say, really... say what you say, what you mean, get what you want, you know, but like, if you don't say it, it gives someone a chance well absolutely it's like you said you can't paint this picture they don't know what you want and I always say like don't paint a picture in your mind when I have girls friends of mine that are single like painfully single and it's like you said I hear the stories and I'm like don't paint a picture in your mind just ask them even the hard hitting questions and yeah. I kind of got to that point when I met my husband on our first date I had went to look into freezing my eggs that day and oh, he was wow. like how was your day and I was like I don't I had literally like threw my hands up like I just was like I don't even yeah you care. said all the things you're not supposed to say on a first yeah. date oh, yeah, uh, I went to freeze my eggs and I don't know if I'm ever gonna have kids and I'm kind of depressed about it <laughs> let's yeah, drink a hundred percent I was like let's get a margarita we shared like a fishbowl margarita and I was like but don't worry about it I'm just doing this as like in case you know for preventative yeah I don't want because of my age I don't want people to be feeling like oh they have to worry uh but I, I my husband and I had some um, definitely growing pains in the beginning and I remember just like you said like I was like Mm-mm, like this ain't gonna, this is unattractive to me it's like yeah you said, like this is attractive like I said to my husband once recently I used to drive or it'd be like oh do you want to drive or do you I'm like I'm old school like I like to be driven like to yeah. me that's attractive and he has he always yeah now I think but- also compliment sandwiches work really oh. well and I still use them you know if you want to give any <laughs> feedback it's got to be like babe I appreciate it so much when you jump in and try to help with the kids but I do think we should limit screen time to an hour like next time let's be on the same page or whatever you know like I'm so glad we can have these conversations or whatever like that was a <laughs> shitty example but you get the idea like no, I do and I need a compliment sandwich personally too it's so hard to receive criticism especially as a parent when you both feel like you're both doing everything and somehow it's still not enough it's like oh. and it's so easy to focus on the things that aren't going well when we first had a baby and I always give this advice to people who are new parents we would, it's so easy to focus on the things that aren't working. And so when things would feel really tense, we would stop and we would say, what are five things the other person is doing really well? And it was such a game changer. Okay. I need to do that. I, I really do. And I told them like, we need to do like a love altar. Like we used to write notes for each other. Yeah. Like, like we got so to find this those times. Yeah, yeah. This is all I need any self-help books you have. And, and it's not that we're, we're great, but I just always want to keep yeah. Be growth mindset. It keeps yes. it nice. Keep yeah. Growth mindset. This is brilliant, Heather. Well, I want to hear about, um, what you have coming up. I've taken up a lot of your yeah. time. Oh my I want to We were just catching back. up. I no, would love to. Just... This is going to be your one three hour episode where we're just like, no, but it's oh, so nice to catch up. Um, I know. I'm like, I have all these notes of things I wanted to ask you. Oh, I love your, I did want to ask you about your weed mom versus Oh yes, weed moms versus wine moms. I are we there yet? It. That's like those are some of my favorite jokes. Cause uh, I know I'm a wine yeah. mom. And yeah. <laughs> hey, there's room for all of us. You know, I'm an, I'm any kind of mom. I'm whatever and, anyone's offering me. Kind of. And mom. that was in your sleigh, uh, sleigh at home mom. Yes, special. I have a sleigh at home comedy special out. It's a real short, sweet one. It's about 15 minutes. It's on um 800 pound gorilla. Um, it's on their channel. It's also on my YouTube channel. And I'm performing at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas, where I perform a lot. I'm opening for my friend Jade uh, for Pride Month over there next week. 
um, Jade Catapreta. She's hilarious. You should check her out. And then I'll be back headlining, I believe, December 11th in there. And then, you know, I'll let you know when I'm back in Phoenix. But yeah, if anybody wants to just follow along on my page or my website has a little like tell me to perform button, I'm always kind of announcing different things when they come up. And sometimes I'm better about it than others. But yeah, I hope we get to see each other IRL. Next time I got to drag my munchkin to uh, Phoenix and we'll get the kids together. Oh, bring him over. I'll watch him. Honestly, I have like a whole that's toy very room. romantic. But and let's just get a let's get a sitter and share it, and then you can come to the show and we can hang. Oh heck yeah, Heather! We'll just leave the husbands trapped with the babies, and we'll go party. I cannot wait to party <laughs> like the good old days. And what's your yeah. Instagram where people can follow? I'm uh, at hello, and then my last name Pasternak, P A S T E R N A K, and that's my handle everywhere find me, hold me, hang out with me. Let's sir. Let's survive and thrive and laugh our way through this. That's kind of what I use all my social media for. So I've had so much fun. Thank you for inviting me. It was so nice to reconnect. I love seeing all your stuff and like, let's just keep finding excuses to hang out. I would love that girl. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. All right. That's our show. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Heather Pasternak. We will definitely have her back. She is just the best of the best. And if you get a chance to see her, please go check her out and give her a follow on Instagram. I've got some great episodes coming out for you. I have a new episode coming out Friday that you are not going to want to miss. So until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this has been After Reality. 